That was some good music. It's good to see you all. Merry Christmas to you. And I feel like I'm ringing. Hear the bells ringing. <laughs> okay. I still had last night's sermon up here, so. All right, well, let's get into a message this morning, Christmas Day, um, and the message is titled Shepherds and Sheep, and I'm going to start right off with Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke now for a couple months, and uh, it happened to, to work out well so that we're on this passage this Sunday. And it says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So last week we discussed verses 1 through 7. This week we're going to look at verses 8 through 20. And so we'll pick it up there. And uh, it's going to be a little more Bible study this morning maybe than preaching style. But I hope we'll learn something from the scripture together as we go through verse by verse. So we'll go back to verse 8 for a moment. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, something to understand about shepherds, because it tells us something about how God brings his message to who he chooses to bring it to, and it's not sometimes who we would choose to bring it to, but shepherds were people of bad reputation. Um, they not only were considered to be low class, but they were even considered to be not trustworthy by many people. Uh, they didn't participate in keeping the sacrificial law and ceremonies because whenever 
the festivals were. They were, they were still out in their fields uh, taking care of their sheep. And, um, and not only that, because of their lack of character, supposedly, uh, they could not testify in the court of law. This was actually uh, in the uh, rules of the times. So if witnesses were called, they couldn't be shepherds. They couldn't be witnesses in the court of law. That's how untrustworthy they would be considered. Now, isn't that interesting then that God takes these shepherds and uses them as his witnesses? And uh, we need to make note of that. The sheep they were watching were probably... um, very likely sheep that were for sacrifices. Um, And uh, that's one of the things that would have been common between Bethlehem and Jerusalem especially. Uh, A lot of the sheep kept in that area would have been specifically for temple sacrifices. Um, Moving into verse 9 then. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. You see this throughout Scripture. Whenever someone has an angelic encounter or another encounter with God, uh, there's commonly fear, great fear. Uh, And that's because the glory of God fills everyone who encounters it with great fear uh, because we realize in the presence of God, if we are blessed to be there, that we're not worthy of that. We're sinful. We have... uh, Odds against God that uh, because of our sin, unless we're in Christ and redeemed by Him, uh, we would understand the holiness of God compared to our sin. And, and so, people that in, encounter God or His angels in every almost every circumstance in Scripture, especially angels, they always say, "What do they always say? Oh, don't be afraid." Well, why would they need to say that? Because if you encountered them. Uh, you'd probably have a bit of fear yourself. Which maybe calls into a little question some of the encounters people claim they've had with angels where it was nothing but just a little happy stance situation. Um, But Scripture records almost every time that the messengers of the Lord were encountering people that there was fear. So verse 10, the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And uh, this is the good news, great joy. I think I have a T-shirt that says that on it because the Samaritan's Purse uh, Operation Christmas Child, that's one of their uh, things they print on a lot of their material is good news, great joy. In fact, that's not your license plate says that, I think, too, right? So, um, so this is good news, great joy for who? Just these shepherds? Just Israel? For all the people, good news of great joy. And the reason for that good news and great joy, 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this morning we had a smaller class than normal in D6, and that's okay. Uh, But we were looking at some of the prophecies of Isaiah uh, as he prophesied about the coming Messiah. One of those passages is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which says, For us, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And Kevin was just talking about some of these names. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
So most people in Israel had some idea of all of these prophecies. And here are these shepherds. Remember who they are. Low class. Not trustworthy. Couldn't testify in court. They get presented this message. For to you is born a savior. This is the fulfillment of these prophecies you've heard about. In Matthew one twenty one, it says, She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. This is where the angel is talking to Joseph in the dream. For he will save his people from their sins. John 4.42, this is the woman at the well. Uh, They said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. If, you, if you're not familiar with this story, there's a lady that had a bad reputation herself. Isn't that something? Here we go again. Bad reputations, bad reputations. God chooses people with bad reputations to bring his word to them. This is the woman caught. She, she was uh, with her fifth man. She comes up and Jesus talks to her. And she gets such a revelation that she runs and tells the people that are in her village, come and see this man. And she said, could this be the one? And they came, and after that, they replied to her, okay, now we believe, but not because of what you said, that they got a chance to hear from Jesus themselves. We know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. And then we move forward in our passage of Luke that this is continuing the message from the angel this will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger in verse 13 suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying now heavenly host we don't we don't use the word host to refer to the army but in the bible language that was generally the, the message there. If you said a host, it meant like an army or something. So here's an army of angels, not ready to go to war, but to bring a message of peace. This is, a, I'm going to read an extended um, quote here from John Calvin that was, I thought, a good comment on this news of peace. And he said this, We must now see what the angels mean by the word peace. They certainly do not speak of an outward peace cultivated by men with each other, but they say that the earth is at peace when men have been reconciled to God and enjoy an inward tranquility in their own minds. We know that we are born children of wrath and are by nature enemies of God and must be distressed by fearful apprehensions so long as we feel that God is angry with us. A short and clear definition of peace may be obtained from two opposite things, the wrath of God and the dread of death. It has thus a twofold reference, one to God and another to men. We obtain peace with God when he begins to be gracious to us by taking away our guilt and not imputing to us our trespasses. And when we, relying on his fatherly love, address him with full confidence 
and boldly praise him for the salvation which he has promised to us. Now, though, in another passage, the life of man on earth is declared to be continual warfare. And the state of the fact shows that nothing is more full of trouble than our condition, so long as we remain in the world. Yet the angels expressly say that there is peace on earth. This is intended to inform us that so long as we trust to the grace of Christ, no troubles that can arise will prevent us from enjoying composure and serenity of mind. Let us then remember that faith is seated amidst the storms of temptations, amidst various dangers, amidst violent attacks, amidst contests and fears, that our faith may not fail or be shaken by any kind of opposition. That's the peace that the angel was telling the shepherds about. And then it continues. The message is, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Then the angel went away from them into heaven. The shepherds, or sorry, when the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Last night I talked about the prompt obedience of Joseph. He had to make a decision quickly when he realized Mary was already pregnant and he wanted to protect her. Well, here it says they went with haste. As soon as the angels finished giving their message and went back into heaven, they went with haste and moved quickly. And then in verses 17 and 18, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They made known. Do you know what that, another word we use for that in the church often is they testified. They became witnesses. And it reminds us that Jesus told his disciples, you will be witnesses. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So their testimony then got the attention of people because the people then wondered at these things, at what the shepherds told them. And then in verse 19 it says, Mary pondered up all these things, pondering them, or Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in their heart. Now, most scholars, because of what Luke writes at the very beginning of the book of Luke, and some of you were here when we started going through the book of Luke, uh, because of the way that Luke starts out the, the book of Luke, we, they think that Mary was definitely one of his firsthand accounts that he heard from. So as he did his historical research, he was a, Luke was a historian. He put together information he gathered from many, many sources and uh, weighed it against the evidence and listened to different accounts. And then he composed this, what we call the Gospel of Luke. And most scholars think Mary was definitely one of the sources for this information. 
Now, I can't help thinking that also the shepherds must have been one of his sources, at least some of them, because how could he record what they did if he hadn't probably heard from them? So that's probably a likelihood as well. Um, And just to go back to how Luke starts out the letter of Luke, or the the Gospel of Luke, in verse 3 it says, It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have taught. In other words, Luke thought it was important to get the facts right. He went and did the research. He put together a paper. He wanted to do it in an orderly account, a way that would be uh, clear to everybody. For what purpose? So that they would have certainty Who's Theophilus? We talked about this back when we opened up this letter for our examination a couple months ago. We don't know exactly who he was, but probably a patron, maybe someone that uh, paid Luke to basically have wages while he did this work. Um, and, uh, And the purpose that Luke says is that he wants Theophilus, and by extension all the rest who read it, to have certainty concerning the things that that he was taught. And then in verse 20, we wrap this section up. Behold, you will be... Oh, I got the wrong Luke for 120 there. Sorry, 120, not 220. Um, that's Zacharias. Um, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Um, and as we consider that, the question we want to ask is what should our response be to these things? And the overall thing that I kept coming to is that these shepherds became sheep. These shepherds became sheep. They were the ones who took care of sheep. We all have heard the stories about sheep. They're not necessarily the smartest animals. They're not animals that can defend themselves very well. They need someone to care for them 24-7 pretty much so that they don't uh, get lost or eaten or fall in a hole. You've probably all seen the YouTube video where the sheep is pulled out of the hole and then dives right back into the hole. They're they're not the smartest animals. But these shepherds are now becoming sheep themselves. They're being approached by the angel who tells them about the true shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus, and the shepherds became sheep. So as we respond to this Christmas message, Let's think of how the shepherds responded and how we may respond. That they responded uh, with eagerness and haste. They went to see about the things they were told. And then they became those who were witnesses. They testified to what they had seen and heard. And that is what we have the privilege to do as well. As sheep that are under the great shepherd, we have the privilege of sharing what we have seen and heard. And so I've kept it short this morning. This is a little present to you, a short sermon. (laughs) But but we've been in the book of Luke for a while building up to this, and I think you guys um, can conclude a lot of the things with me. So we'll call it more of an inductive sermon, which means that you have to figure out for yourself what to do with it. Okay? So let's pray, and then we're going to have a couple more songs together, and then we're going to continue celebrating throughout the day this good news that we have from Scripture about the Savior who was born.
to be Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for this story. Lord, sometimes we think if we've been in the church a long time and we've heard this story year after year, there may be thoughts that we already know this, Lord. What can we learn from it now? We're just here to get this thing done and then go have our food or our presence. But Lord, I pray that for each of us, you would cause in our hearts a moment of pause for us to consider what you're telling us once again about yourself. Help us, Lord, to know you better through your word. Help us to respond to what you're telling us with it, even as Joseph responded with prompt obedience, even as the shepherds went with haste to check out what they were told and then became testifiers, witnesses, those who proclaimed what they had learned. Lord, may we be the same way, eager to share the good news of you with a world in desperate need of hope. Lord, this Christmas, may we once again sense your love for us, the peace that passes all understanding and comes from the Prince of Peace, the hope in an eternity with you if we have faith in you. And Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here that hasn't put faith in you yet, that by your word and your Holy Spirit drawing them to yourself, Lord, they would obey your command to believe and that they would do so to have a burden released of sin on their life and to move forward with joy and hope and expectation in a future with you. Lord, only you can do that work through your word and by your Holy Spirit. We ask that you would do that in the hearts of many that hear this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and sing some more songs. Yep. As we...